The CDC's new gun violence study is a ploy to distract you from the ones it has already conducted. Biden's alleged gun violence epidemic is actually the combination of two others, suicide and gang violence. What's more, guns are used in self-defense far more often than in crimes, with less than 1% of firearms having been used in criminal activity. Worst yet, the CDC has known this all along, going so far as openly admitting that gun control measures won't reduce gun violence. Mere weeks after the White House begrudgingly withdrew its nomination of David Chipman to run the ATF, the Biden administration is once again scheming its latest plot to infringe on constitutional gun rights. To be fair, if there was one thing that Biden has been honest about during his run for presidential office, it was his unrestrained intent to erode gun ownership within the country. He has repeatedly said the quiet part out loud, going far beyond standard Democrat talking points on assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. Both Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have vocalized support for mandatory gun buybacks, which are little more than brazen gun grabs. Furthermore, they have taken steps that indicate these threats to disarm the country are more than mere talk. Biden's campaign manager, Jen O'Malley Dillon, who has since been elevated to the administration's deputy chief of staff, has also called for the government confiscation of firearms. Furthermore, the Biden administration's ATF nominee, David Chipman, was yet another gun control authoritarian. Chipman had a long and sordid history with the ATF, one that includes his involvement in the agency's savage Waco raid in 1993, which resulted in the deaths of 80 people, including 24 children, from fire, smoke inhalation, and cyanide poisoning. More recently, however, he has worked with one of the most radical and dishonest anti-gun organizations in the country, advocating for assault weapons bans that even he admitted were completely arbitrary. Now that Chipman's nomination has ended in abject defeat, the Biden administration is seeking to offload the task of gun control to agency heads that have managed to slip by the congressional confirmation process. In this case, parroting Biden's rhetorical strategy of alleging a gun violence epidemic, the CDC has vowed to take action. The CDC's director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, has already proven herself to be a faithful servant of the Biden agenda, recently ramming through the approval of a COVID-19 booster despite the protestations of a CDC advisory board. Now, in her latest bid to please her masters, Walensky intends to launch a disingenuous CDC study analyzing the toll of guns in America. How do we know that this undertaking will be a farce? Well, for one, Walensky has already announced the study's conclusion before it's even begun, declaring gun violence to be a public health threat. As if we needed any more examples of Democrats discarding the scientific method for the sake of their policy objectives. Walensky swore to the president that she will enforce his vision on gun control, admitting that the CDC study is only a first step in crafting swift interventions. Of course, swift interventions is simply another palatable euphemism for the government confiscation of its citizens' firearms. The only hitch in her plan, however, and one pesky fact the CDC would prefer you to ignore, is that the agency's own data is perhaps the most statistically sound argument ever made against the gun control regime she desires to institute. Walensky boasted that this study, unlike all of the previous iterations that came before, will finally provide conclusive research on firearm-related injuries. While to be fair, there are more gun-related injuries than homicides in the US, it simply isn't true that the topic hasn't been studied. In fact, available studies investigating the topic of gun injuries determine the problem to be rapidly shrinking. 
According to the National Institute of Justice, for example, non-fatal firearm-related crime has fallen significantly in recent years, from almost 1.3 million incidents in 1994 to less than half a million in 2011. That, however, won't stop Walensky CDC from manufacturing a public health threat intended to conveniently circumvent the Second Amendment. Regurgitating dishonest gun control cliches that Democrats utilize in their quest to disarm the citizenry, Walensky reminded her audience that 109 people are dying from a firearm-related injury each day. While this may be true on the surface, that statistic is quite deceptive and intentionally misleading. Walensky failed to mention that a majority of those deaths are a result of suicide, something that has been well-documented for decades and dutifully ignored by America's left wing for equally as long. According to the CDC's own data, something that Walensky should have acquainted herself with before calling for more studies, around 61% of gun-related deaths in the U.S. are the result of suicide. In fact, over the seven-year span that the CDC tracked these metrics from 1993 to 2010, gun homicides declined sharply, while the rate of suicides increased to their highest on record. So, if anything, the data doesn't reflect a gun homicide problem, but rather a suicide problem, one that will continue unabated even if all of America's guns were to magically vanish into thin air. While guns are certainly a convenient tool for those looking for a quick exit, there are plenty of drastic and immediate alternatives that will simply replace firearms if they were to be made unavailable. For my audience's sake, however, I will spare this blog from a lengthy discussion of what those alternatives may be. However, even if gun-related suicides are to be entirely ignored, the available data still doesn't reflect Walensky's panic-inducing declaration of a public health threat. Upon a second glance, gun homicides become a symptom of a larger problem that the CDC has no plans of addressing, urban gang crime. In 2014, for example, more than half of America's homicides occurred in only 2% of its counties, with most counties having had no homicides at all. In those urban areas, as found by a UCLA School of Law research paper, a disproportionate amount of violent crime is committed by a very small number of identifiable persons. According to the National Institute of Justice, gun-related homicides are most prevalent among gangs. In fact, the likelihood of becoming a homicide victim is 60 times greater among young gang members than the general population on average, and far higher in some cities. Furthermore, fewer than 1% of firearms are even used in the commission of a crime, let alone a murder. The CDC went so far as admitting in a 2003 study that it found insufficient evidence that any of the firearms laws or combination of laws reviewed would curb violent outcomes. One topic that this study almost certainly won't investigate, however, is the frequency in which guns are used for lawful self-defense. Yet, as it turns out, the CDC already has numerous times. In 2013, one CDC study found the defensive use of guns by crime victims to be a common occurrence, with estimates of annual uses ranging from about half a million to more than three million per year, in the context of about 300,000 gun-related violent crimes in 2008. Furthermore, the CDC also studied the topic of defensive gun use extensively in the 1990s, but, rather conspicuously, decided not to publish its findings. You see, the CDC has always had an anti-gun bias. One CDC official during the time of the study even told the Washington Post that his goal was to create a negative public perception of gun ownership as something dirty, deadly, and banned. Fortunately, however, the hidden study was later unearthed by FSU criminologist Gary Kleck. 
Confirming the estimates from the CDC's 2013 study, the 1990s study found that in an average year during 1996 to 1998, 2.46 million U.S. adults used a gun for self-defense, suggesting that guns were used defensively by victims about 3.6 times as often as they were used offensively by criminals. Guns prevent an estimated 2.5 million crimes a year, including 400,000 life-threatening violent crimes. Furthermore, in most of these incidents, violence is entirely averted due to the presence of a firearm. In one survey, most felons admitted that they avoided committing crimes when they knew the suspect was armed, and 40% of them conceded that they avoided committing crimes when they suspected that the victim might be armed. Felons also reported a tendency to avoid entering houses where people are home because they fear being shot. They're right to be afraid. Citizens shoot and kill at least twice as many criminals as police do every year. Better yet, armed citizens accidentally shooting an innocent target is also very rare. Only 2% of civilian shootings involved an innocent person mistakenly identified as a criminal. For comparison, the error rate for police is 11%. The jury is in, and it has been for a while. Guns in the hands of law-abiding citizens are not only a God-given right, but a net positive for society. Yet, since it's a result that the Democrats don't like, they are, true to form, calling for a mistrial. Regardless of what this new study finds, however, we can be certain that the Biden administration will not rest until they fully erode the Second Amendment.